0: It's Later with Mo Kelly, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Some of the stories we're following in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A fifth victim has now died in the Louisville Bank Mass shooting earlier today. A man nearly drowned after falling from the Santa Monica Pier, and the L.A. City Council is considering appointing Heather Hutt to replace Mark Ridley Thomas following his conviction. And I want to make sure that you all had a... Great Easter Sunday, a great Resurrection Sunday, great Passover. Had a great weekend overall. I know I did. I thought the weather was fantastic. I thought it was great seeing family and friends at church on Sunday. Had a real good weekend. Um, I don't know about you, but I come in re-energized, knowing that there's no rain coming in, at least for the foreseeable future. Unless Amy King is getting ready to contradict me and say, slow down, Mo. We got no rain, Mo. All right. Glory hallelujah. Let me just say this: I I love it when the the weather is better, and I can look out the window and I can see just a little bit of sunlight. Is there, there's a little bit of sunlight? It's seven o'clock or so, and it's not completely dark. It puts me in a great mood, which puts me in a less than great mood. Is seeing how once again and I don't want this to turn into just L.A. Metro talk, but I have to at least follow up on the stories that we talked about last week, in which three different people were stabbed on two different days. They did. uh, Officials have, uh, uh, law enforcement officials have arrested one man regarding the Hollywood subway train stabbing. The suspect was arrested on Saturday for allegedly stabbing a man on the Hollywood subway train. This was on Thursday, uh, the first stabbing at the 5 p.m. stabbing. The suspect was identified as Alex Garcia, 27 year old LA resident. The victim was an unidentified male. This is according to LAPD. Officers responded to reports of a stabbing at the Metro Red Line station, as I said, around 5 p.m., and authorities discovered the victim had entered the MTA train and engaged in a verbal argument with Garcia, who was seated inside. Let me let me stop right there. There's nothing saying that the two individuals knew each other, not from what I can see right here. And that says to me someone was already on the train and someone then came on the train and then there was some sort of verbal altercation, which escalated from there. And I think uh, that could have been me. That could have been me because. Because
1: you m- like to poke the bear.
0: Well, no, we'll put it this way. I'm not going to allow me the bear to be poked. If I'm just on the train and someone is going to come on the train and jawjack me, it, I'm just hypothetical here. Someone says, hey, I want to sit there, move your behind. Like, no, dude, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. That's the whole point of, you know, getting on the train at a certain stop. So I have a chance to sit down because I know what it's like at 5 p.m. on those trains. There's usually nowhere to sit. Those seats have been taken by someone who was much earlier on the train, previously down the line. And so seating is at a premium. Most likely people are in the aisles holding on to the poles. It's congested. It's uncomfortable. People are sitting in the elderly and and disabled seating area, and they should not be when there are people who honestly need to sit there. It's usually an uncomfortable situation every single day. Nobody is courteous. Nobody is kind. That's how it usually is. So when I read the story, and yes, I am, I I guess I'm filling in some blanks. I'm hypothesizing. I believe at 5 p.m. it was a congested train and people were impatient. This person was impatient. They started exchanging words and it escalated from there. For me, yeah, that could have been anybody. I don't want to put myself in that. I don't want to deal with that. I can't say that enough. And I think it is anything It is borne out what I've been saying about the problem with the trains. And until they make it safe, until they have some idea of how to control and address some of these issues, and you can have a long period of time in which people are not getting stabbed, it doesn't make me feel any better, and I doubt it makes you feel any better, that they caught someone. I need there to be some sort of physical deterrent prior to it happening i don 't know if that means magnetometers uh, you know i don 't know what that means i don 't know, but it has to be something other than the honor system where people are getting on trains, and there 's obviously no deterrent there 's actually nothing discouraging someone from getting into a physical confrontation on the train and I was kidding with um, Amy King as far as poking the bear, but I was being very serious about, yeah, I could see myself in an altercation if only because it doesn't take much. And it doesn't take much to set people off. Look, we're in in an age in society now where people start shooting if you should just throw them the bird on the freeway. So it doesn't take much for a situation to escalate beyond your intentions. I don't know if the person who was stabbed, intended it to escalate to that nature. I don't know what was said. I don't know. But I do know the person sitting down, the person who was already on the train, the person who was stabbed, probably did not get on the train with the anticipation of any type of confrontation or a knife stabbing in the back of the head as the story went has got to do better. We've we've got to do better in terms of our our mass transit. We have to do better in terms of how we make residents safe. And, And it's not about crime statistics. I get so tired of hearing about crime is up. Violent crime is up. No, for me, it's the type of crime. For me, it's the circumstances behind the crime. It's one thing if you have more murders and they're under certain circumstances, and the general society is well protected. It's another thing if it's going to happen in broad daylight to anyone with little to no provocation. That's a different animal. That's something very different. I have to worry about how my children and my family are going to be able to be protected, if at all. Can we trust public transportation? Not at this point. Not at this point. And L.A. Metro also says it's turning down the volume on classical music at the Westlake MacArthur Station, MacArthur Park Station. Oh, wow. That helps. I'm quite sure people feel much better. I'm quite sure people feel safer because they've turned down the classical music. Quote, since this is a pilot, we have adjusted the level of music. We have listened to the community and what they have said. Ah, Stop right there. If you listen to the community, I'm a member of the community. If you were listening to me, you wouldn't be talking about classical music be it more or less classical music. But it went on. We've listened to the community and what they've said so that we are looking for the right level of music in order to do make it do what it was intended to do. Close quote. That's Gina Osborne, who is Metro Chief Safety and Security Officer. Oh, I got a name now. Gina Osborne, you are Metro's (laughs) Chief Safety and Security Officer and you're tweaking the levels, the knobs on the classical music, the volume level. That's your statement? Oh, we have to get Gina on. We have to talk to Gina. Oh, you done messed up and you put your name in the media. I'm going to find Gina. This is later with Mo Kelly, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to go to prison. Well, not literally, but we're going to go and talk about what's going on in prison and how drones are smuggling in contraband. I know, crazy, right? Well, they're doing it. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on Demand from KFI AM640. There was a time where it was very difficult to sneak certain certain contraband into prison. That's no longer the case. In fact, when I was hosting the Mo Kelly show, many years ago, I want to say close to eight, nine years ago at least, we had on a guest live on air from prison using a cell phone, which was snuck in, contraband snuck in to this, per, this inmate. Now, we did not tell his real name on air, but it was a real cell phone, and it was a live interview for everyone to hear. Yeah, And he told us how easy, among other things, it was to sneak certain contraband in. That was before the proliferation of drone technology. Back then, you had to have help. You needed to have a friend or a relative come to see you, send it to you, somehow sneak it into you. Now, because of drone technology, specifically with regard to California prisons, drones are are dropping drugs, phones, and other contraband into prisons right next to the wall or, or fencing, and they're bypassing the whole sneak it in function. They're just dropping it in. And then through other communication, they know where to find it and how to
2: get it. The The fact that this is happening to me, I hate to say it, but it's genius on the part of criminals. Because those drones, they can be quiet as a whisper. They can carry, hell, they can carry pizzas. You best believe they can carry phones, magazines, money, drugs, whatever else you need if they're bringing it in and the communication is already established, hey, three o'clock, have lunch by the wall. What, man? Well,
0: well, not only that, right? It doesn't have to be dropped in in the middle of the day for everyone to see.
2: No, no, <laughs> no. This can be late at night. And if there's enough money, you, and one thing that you skipped over, it's not just friends or relatives bringing this contraband in, it's also COs. That's there right. have been several COs in California who have been busted for, uh, being part of the contraband train. Well, now they're just like, let's cut out the middleman. And if any CEOs get wise, we'll, we'll break them off a little bit.
0: And if you are the people who are involved with thinking about planning, because that's even conspiracy, you don't have to actually do it. You can just plan to do it. But if you're going to do it, don't think of it as a state crime. That would be a federal crime. Federal prosecutors in Fresno have charged Jose Enrique Oropesa And David Ramirez Jr. with using drones to drop loads of meth, heroin, cocaine, tobacco and cell phones into the yards of seven prisons across California. Now, now that is an ambitious job plan.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Along with drug trafficking offenses, uh, the men face airspace violations of operating unregistered aircraft and flying without a certificate. And several others whose names are obscured have also been charged in a case but have not been arrested. So, this investigation is ongoing, it's sprawling in nature and it's going to net a number of people in it. And, um, if they were doing it across seven prisons, there's no telling how many people are involved from inmates, probably COs, because to be that expansive in nature. You probably need some inside help. I can't confirm that, but I suspect that because you need someone to watch your back and help the operation continue without being caught.
2: Yeah, you have to have someone on the inside who's going to be able to be on watch at that moment because you're not supposed to just go up to the wall. You can't just go up to the wall. You need to have someone who's like, if you give me a little something, I'll let you go to the wall for X amount of time while I'm on watch. Yeah. You can bring it in and, and that's what it is.
0: Well, not only that, there is infrared technology. They can monitor whether there is any type of, um, I'll say, electronic activity in and around the prison. Yep. You know, the, the, for any number of reasons. So the, the, to think that this would happen without some sort of assistance is is ignorant in nature. There's just no way that this can happen across so many prisons Across so much contraband, which also means that there's a lot of money-changing hands, for there to be not sort of inside help? How much to what degree? Well, that's probably going to come out with the subsequent indictments and the names which have yet to be released. They've only arrested two people so far, but they're going to be many more. But this surprised me not at all, because when we had the conversation with that particular inmate live on the air from a cell phone, which was smuggled in, he was detailing how different COs were in on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, he was. Um, I, 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 I hate the fact that technology has gone to the point where there are so many ways around the law. But this, this is something that was bound to happen. This is, the, the, to me, that this is, this is actually long overdue.
0: Well, in actuality, I mean, I think it's unfair to say it's just California prisons because it's not just confined to California. Uh, Two people have been charged in separate cases in Texas with, listen to this, dropping meth, tobacco, vape pens, phones, MP3 players in the federal prisons. An inmate sends a phone's GPS location to the drone pilot who uses the phone as a homing device. The payload is often disguised as a rock or piece of trash in case a guard spots it in the prison before it can be retrieved. A sheriff's official testified at a recent trial that deputies shot down a drone that was flying over an L.A. County jail complex in Castaic. In the case of Ramirez and Oropesa, the two piloted the drones under cover of darkness, coordinating drops with inmates who used contraband phones. So they drop in phones and they coordinate it with the phones that they yes. dropped in. California's prisons, and we're telling you this, but we already do this. California prisons are flooded with cell phones, even though it is illegal for inmates to have them. Like it's illegal to have meth and all these other contraband items, but they still have them. Last year, authorities confiscated 6,700 phones. 6,700. You would think after a while it would be easy to somehow detect the technology in the in the cells or just in the prison, but I guess not. So no, no. this ring also flew contraband into North Kern, Corcoran, Pleasant Valley, New Folsom, and Centinella State prisons, prisons the prosecutors charged. It's later with Mo Kelly, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, and when we come back, we have to talk about more technology how it's changing our lives on a day-to-day basis remember how we were talking about the fight for 15 dollars an hour minimum wage was short-sighted in nature given the inevitable automation of i would say minimum wage wage jobs and beyond well it's here and it's going to be expansive in nature we'll tell you about it next with lucky land slots you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere
0: You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on Demand from KFI AM 640. I think we all have some history and experience and some memories with McDonald's. We've probably eaten there at some time, a lot of times over the course of the past many years. McDonald's has always been the leader when it comes to franchise establishments. Um, it was the first fast food a restaurant to begin franchising. It was the first restaurant to branch out, having locations inside Walmart, Walmart stores, and in various malls. Now, McDonald's is trying to do something else in an industry-leading sense, where they would have restaurants with zero employees. Not a skeleton staff. Zero employees.
1: How are they going to do that?
0: I don't know. I don't know, but they're going to do it at least... Three different cities. And when I say zero employees, I have the question of what happens when an order is wrong or there's a problem. I don't know how that's supposed to be worked out.
1: Just like any other customer service.
2: Right. You're screwed. Well, (laughs) or ChatGBT, because if they have ChatGBT, who's able to cycle through all of the potential uh, requests, uh, that you could make at McDonald's, special orders, this, that, or the other, and it can facilitate that into the McDonald's motherboard, should be pretty seamless.
0: No, I, I guess they could. Look, okay, if they give you something with cheese on it, and I said, no, I wanted my quarter pounder without cheese. I'm quite sure it could spit out another hamburger. I, I, I know it can do that, but I don't. I don't know how it can handle some of the more complex issues, which may come from a customer and a customer complaint. I don't know about that.
2: At that point, the the I hope the computer would say, please go somewhere else, because <laughs> as someone working fast food, I would say that I would say, you know what? We obviously cannot help you. You want a special, don't you? You have to explain what a special is, because not everyone knows. A special is what you're going to get from certain fast food locations if you harass the employees too much, and they may sneeze on your food. They no. may lick your bun. No. They may drop your cheese on the floor, step on it, and put it right back on that burger. They well, we won't
1: that. have to worry about that anymore. Exactly.
2: Because the robots aren't that vengeful. Over the past
0: month, McDonald's has launched locations in Fort Worth, Texas, Denver, Colorado, and Las Vegas with zero employees. It is 100% automated. Now, I can envision the kiosk is almost like a big vending machine. And yeah. And you put in what you want, and it's Obviously, you can swipe your card or what have you. In some locations, I guess they could take some cash because you can do cash in some of those like kiosks.
2: I don't. I haven't seen that. the The kiosks that I go to, it's all card operated. You have to swipe your card, or you can tap your card. I did the one in um, in the Chatsworth area. There are no cash receptacles, but you go there you type in your order on the screen and there's just one person there. Really, there's some people cooking and one person is just bringing the food up and putting it on the counter right next to your ticket. You take your ticket, put your ticket on the counter they put your food right next to it. Now, I have to wonder
0: if there are zero employees, is it all 100% takeout? If only because who's cleaning up the restaurant? You know, if obviously if someone's eating there and leaving their food there. Uh, their containers there, or just, you know, trashing the places they would be known to do, who cleans up?
1: Yeah, and who cleans up anyway, even if there is no dining room?
0: Well, there's probably some sort of maintenance staff that may come through at night or whatever, but I'm quite sure it's not like an employee in the traditional sense where they're actually um, working with the public. It's not public-facing. Yeah, there has to be someone who's restocking the place.
2: Yeah, but you could do that in the morning. You come in, load up the number of patties, slices of cheese, sauces, uh, pickles, all that kind of stuff. You put it into the proper dispenser, and you're done for the day.
0: Now, I wonder how sophisticated it can get, or I should say how they even uh, scheme out how much food that they would need on a given day. But, well, I guess it wouldn't matter because all of it's frozen.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, this is the beta uh, testing route, if they perfect this, which I'm sure they will, that's why it's only in three locations, you do the beta test, you see how much um, traffic it can handle. After that, you're good to go.
1: And the food comes out on conveyors. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I would expect that. I would expect that. And I think, going back to the top, this is going to be the future This is not going to be, let's see how well it works and maybe it will catch on. No, this is the future. They will work out the kinks or some other franchise or some other food establishment will do it better. But this is where everyone is going. Now, I'm not saying that this is a direct result of the fight for $15 an hour. I think this is the direct result of capitalism, where the goal has always been to limit costs, to minimize uh, overhead.
1: But you, it's probably been facilitated by the push to increase the, the minimum wage.
0: Well, I don't know about that because I don't know if, if the technology was ready. I think this was going to happen no matter what. If you give a business the opportunity or the option to not have any employees, I don't think it, it would matter if the minimum wage was $2 an hour. If you have the option of going zero dollars, if you don't have to pay for wages, if you don't have to pay for payroll taxes, if you don't have to pay for benefits, if you don't have to worry about an employee suing you or going on disability, then I think any employer would take that option having nothing to do with minimum wage. I think that it was always going to be here. It's just a matter of whether the technology was ready to facilitate it. Um, And and, and yes, I've heard the argument, well, if you ask for $15 an hour, it's going to push to this. I don't think the minimum wage of being $13.50 an hour as opposed to $15 an hour was a dividing line. I think greed is greed and revenue is revenue. And if you can minimize expenses, then that's what a business would do. And here we are, and we're not going back. Just like every other time in history, some jobs just go away. And I've made this point before. We don't have long distance operators. We don't have elevator operators. We don't have traffic signal operators. There's some jobs which eventually become automated and never come back. And I think the idea of a cashier in a cashless society, more expressly, just has no place anymore. There's no point for it. And these jobs, minimum wage, not trying to be disrespectful, they're just not going to have a place in our commerce, in business transactions 10 years from now. Maybe less. Let's find out what's in your horoscope. And do we have any Succession fans out there? Um, yeah, I'm one. Yep. But I'm I'm late to the party. I just finished Season 1 last night.
1: What? Then we can't talk about what happened in Season 3, Episode 3?
0: No. Is season 4. It's season 4.
1: Season 4, Episode 3?
0: I've been hearing about it. I've been ducking spoilers, but, you know, in vain. But we can talk about what Zodiac sign you would be relative, I should say what succession character you would be relative to your Ah. Zodiac sign. So that's coming up next. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on Demand from KFI AM 640. It's Later with Mo Kelly. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Which succession character are you based on your Zodiac sign? Aries. If you're Aries, you're Roman Roy. He's my favorite character. Sending d sending pics to his dad, shooting off at the mouth, campaigning for a controversial candidate, proposing to a woman after knowing her for a week. That was in season one. I saw that. Providing near constant comic relief. If you're an Aries, you are Roman Roy. Taurus, you're Kendall Roy. Kendall Roy's birthday is given as May 2nd, 1981, making him a tough but tender Taurus son. Like most Taurians, it takes a lot to push Ken out of his placid pasture, but once he's there, it's all horns, hellfire, and IDGAF press conferences. I disagree. I think he's weak. I think he's really weak. Uh, Gemini, Greg Hirsch. Now, I have to say... Greg Hirsch is my least favorite character. Nothing against the actor. I just don't like the character.
1: You don't like Greg?
0: I don't like him at all. He's Greg so the Egg. bad. I don't like him, but I think he's going to end up ruling the empire when all's said and done. I do. Guess I think you're going to have to catch up. I think that they're setting it up for that. From puking in a mascot costume to blackmailing with the best of them, Gemini Greg the Egg is nothing if not a man of multitudes. Gemini is ruled by Mercury, planet of communication and exchange. In kind, natives are masters at manipulating language and leveraging information, and Greg fits the bill. Cancer! You are Jerry Kelman, the old CFO. Cancer is ruled by the moon and associated with root systems, caretaking, and defense dynamics. While Jerry is just as driven as the other players on the show... She is arguably the he is arguably the least destructive, most nurturing force among them, making her the clear cancer of the bunch. Add to this that cancer represents the mother archetype, and Roman repeatedly projects his Oedipal fantasies onto Jerry. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of strangeness in Roman, hmm. and I, and and you watch this, um, Amy. Correct? Yes. Is Roman's real name Romulus? Is it Roman? Because I've heard to him, heard him referred to as a bunch of names.
1: No, it's Roman.
0: Roman? Yeah. Okay, because I know that Logan referred to him as Romulus. And I said, well, oh, that'd be a cool first name. But okay.
1: All right. They Unless that's his given name, but they don't use it. They call him Roman.
0: Okay. Leo is Connor Roy. And if you know um, the movie uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he played Cameron.
1: They'll keep calling me and calling me calling me. And me. <laughs> calling
0: me. Leo's Connor Roy. In his bid for presidency, we see Connor Roy seeking the attention of the nation to assuage his pain of not being loved by his father, thus displaying the telltale hunger of a wounded lion. Predisposed to frivol- frivolity, fanaticism, and flights of fancy, it tracks that a Leo like Connor would spend a cool half a million dollars on Napoleon's fake severed D. What good is being rich if you can't be ridiculous? Virgo is Carrie with a K. Recently promoted from assistant to mistress, Carrie is an unmistakable Virgo. For evidence, look no further than her show her excuse me her slow and steady ascent, severe haircut and cutting observations. Virgo rules the six houses of daily habits, and natives are inclined to be health conscious, and Carrie is no exception. Do
1: you, so, you know who Carrie is yet?
0: I think so.
1: I can't remember if she was in season two or if she's just a new appearance on the show.
0: I may not have encountered her yet. And if you're just tuning in, I am catching up on Succession. I'm just through season one. I'm starting season two tonight. Yes, I know it's season four, but I'm enjoying being able to binge. The characters I really love, like Roman, the characters I can't stand, like Greg. But Logan Roy is the truth. And I love how he stays at least 10 steps ahead of everyone in his family. Libra, you are Logan Roy. The show reveals Logan Roy's birthday is October 14th, 1938, making him a Libra and coincidentally the birthday twin of Dwight D. Eisenhower. Libra is ruled by Venus, the planet of aesthetics and assets, and the people of the scales can be cutthroat in their pursuit and securement of wealth. That tracks Scorpio, you're yeah. Tom. And if you don't watch it, Tom is the husband of Shiv. Shiv's husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scorpios come to win and align themselves always and ever with the most powerful players to ensure their own survival. Tom proved his stripes and sign in his ruthless betrayal at the end of season three. Scorpio rules the eighth house house of sex, death, secrets, and other people's money. And Tom is absolutely calculating when it comes to hiding and hoarding sensitive information with the express purpose of a payday. Sagittarius, that's me. And I'm supposed to be Caroline Collingwood. I see that. Absolutely. I'm definitely mom. Sagittarius folk put the brutal in brutally honest, inclined as they are to verbally bludgeon without regard for feelings or fallout. That's spot on. Inner Lady Caroline Collingwood, the rogue, rude, unfiltered matriarch of the Roy clan. To her mutable fire, Caroline is quick with the burns, whether speculating on the longevity of her only daughter's marriage on her wedding day, bullying her son for his haircut or roasting her ex husband for his lamentable love life. Yeah, that sounds about right for me. Capricorn, you're. <laughs> You're Marsha Roy, and if you know Marsha, I think she might be queen at the end as well. She is diabolical. I like Marsha. She is scheming from all ends. Capricorns are concerned with fortifying foundations, building empires, securing assets, and getting to the top of whatever mountain they've set out to conquer. This sign rules the 10th house of legacy and public image. And sea goats are stoic strategists inclined to keep their skeletons closeted and dirty laundry in the basket. So Wally got to start watching this show. Aquarius, you are Shiva Roy. Ru- ah. Ruled by Taskmaster Saturn and punk rock Uranus, Aquarians are both unconventional and absolutely uncompromising. Two pillars made manifest in Logan's polarizing only daughter, Shiva. As a fixed air sign, Aquarius leans on logic and often struggles to respond to or empathize with the emotional nuance of others. Mm -hmm. Nobody
1: on that show empathizes with anybody's anything.
0: They're all sociopaths in different ways.
1: And so I'm supposed to be Shiv and that doesn't even make me But she's
0: one of my favorite characters. (laughs) I know, but she's awful
1: too. But she's
0: awful, but she's less awful relative to everyone else.
1: They're all awful.
0: Okay, well, she's lesser awful. She's lawful. Okay. And Pisces, you're Ewan Roy. Ewan Roy, the empathetic older brother of morally bankrupt Logan, is pure Pisces, principled and concerned with the greater good. Ewan can't quite cut the cord with his baby brother in a true Pisces form, lends his compassion when he least deserves it. So I'm going to keep on watching um, Succession. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm not loving it yet, but I really do like it.
1: You can't love it because everybody's so deplorable.
0: Okay. All right. All right, but. but um,
1: Not like Hillary Clinton deplorables. No, like just. Yeah,
0: you're not making a political statement. Just, no, yeah, yeah.
1: No, just like unable to have any redeeming qualities at all.
0: Brian Cox is fabulous.
1: And he's awful.
0: But he's fabulous as yes, a fact. He's, that's he's
1: fabulous. <laughs> but I like, I hate them all.
0: And that's why I keep watching. Yeah. Because I want them all to die <laughs> painfully. <laughs> KFI AM 640 live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Nothing gets past us. We. Are on it kfi and kost hd2
1: los angeles orange county live
0: everywhere on the iheart radio app okay round two name something that's not boring
1: a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh
2: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino